Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, it's... M at a hundred percent full potential, and it's Christine who um, we are going to be getting a, a a low a low energy from the Christine today. So I will be carrying the humor, everybody. Um, Christine, how are you feeling? Like fucking trash. Thank you. This is like probably the worst. Like I'm really, I'm trying my best. With my love, fear... with love, yeah. you don't look good. I don't I know and I also sat right next to a window with and I like have no makeup on or anything and I sat like directly under like the 2 p.m. sunlight blaring at me and it looks like I'm death warmed up like I look like a corpse today are you Um, okay are you okay no (laughs) (laughs) I am not thanks for asking I'm really truly in bad shape but it's fine um I, okay, Christine's I, having a, a, a bit of a flare. And I am. Did and you not want to share that? Did I? Did no, I just no. I'm, it? Listen, I share anything and everything. I mean, I think the first week when I first thought about discussing this today, I was like, "Oh, I can say, you know, I, I'm so old now that I'm always sick." But then I remembered that, like, 2017, the year we started the podcast, we posted photos of you visiting me in the hospital. So apparently, I've just been ill for. <laughs> forever. I think you're just reconciling with the fact that. Also, for someone who's chronically ill, for you to be having the realization now that you're always sick, it's like, yeah, girl, you're chronically I ill. I know, but that's <laughs> that's kind of what I was saying the other day. I was like, man, I, it's just like when it's in remission, you forget yeah, like how bad it is. And then suddenly it like shows up and you're like, what is this? And Blaze is like, your your partner, who's a little smarter than you sometimes, is like, um, my love, it's your chronic illness. And you're like, no, couldn't be that. Um, But, you know, anyway, I... What, I Go ahead. Go. You 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 I take just, the reins here. I ate too many dumplings again, and I do this every oh. time. It's the dumpling. It's the second time that I eat. Last July, I ate too. That's many not dumplings. a joke. It's really because you're eating no, dumplings. No, it's not a joke. Yeah, it's real. I, in New York, last July, I ate too many dumplings on the plane. I was like, I think I have the flu. I got home and I had like a uh, a bowel obstruction, 
and um it ended up going away after a while but it was like hell on earth and then the other day my dad's partner who is chinese brought like these unbelievable dumplings to our super bowl watch party and i ate a lot of them and i knew i shouldn't do it but i did it anyway and then about five in the morning i woke up and thought wow i think i have covid (laughs) like what could this be christine texted all of us saying it's without a doubt it's so bad it must be covid i must be like like, there I was like, I don't think I've had a 103 plus fever that I like can't get down with like full doses of Tylenol in uh, since I had COVID. Like I was like, I cannot get my fever down. I'm so sick. I was like, I might have to go to the hospital. Anyway, it's because I have another partial bowel obstruction. So that's oh, no. nice. Um, yeah. So basically what happens is that your intestines get so inflamed. Sorry, TMI, everybody, um, that they kind of constrict and then you, they can't pass any like anything. Mm. And so they get like blocked and so oftentimes require surgery the last time my doctor told me these don't pass on their own so we are going to require surgery if this is really what's happening and i said haha nice try and i somehow survived it so i'm hoping i can do it again (laughs) so you're mid bowel obstruction currently currently i'm in i'm in some pretty severe pain um but also have a high fever not a high fever mild low-grade fever because it's like this constant you know inflammation so i've just sweat through all i wear like six shirts a day because i'm like constantly (laughs) sweating through my clothes i just feel like i have the flu plus food poisoning at the same time Um, do you just want to record tomorrow homie (laughs) no because i thought oh well like let's record tomorrow and then i was like well shit i'll probably feel worse tomorrow you know i don't know i was like i feel okay I don't know, because I don't think this is just going to go away very quickly. So I was like, I might as well just do it on a day where I'm, like, functioning-ish. Anyway. Do you want, like, okay. I, I know we're mid-recording currently, but, like, do you, like, want, like, Eva to hop in and, like, take your place or something? Like, oh, we, no. We can make I it work be. without you. I will be just, how dare you? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm, if you're, I'm totally fine. If I were in this severe pain, I'd be like, I literally, I'm just not going to do it. You're, I just this is my... like talking to Taylor Swift and she's like, I have the flu, but the show must go on. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, relax. <laughs> and you, and what, what do you say to Taylor Swift? Oh, someone can replace you? I don't think so, Em. Uh, I don't know. Nice try. I, I feel bad. I just feel really bad for you. So, well, I don't know. I appreciate of, it. I don't know how to keep the, the party going. If um... I'm, I'm partying it up, okay? I took a Tylenol. Um, the thing is, it you apparently have to wait six hours in between doses of Tylenol. So I've just been setting this feels timers. Wrong. <laughs> this it feels, feels like wrong. I shouldn't it be making you do this. Illegal. No. Oh no. No. This. This is fine. This is a nice distraction. Do you know what? Otherwise, I'd be doing is watching Shit's Creek and just crying. I keep crying because Geo. I think he loves me because he comes to like comfort me. But then I realize he found a goldfish under my pillow. Uh huh. Um. And so I've been crying a lot about that. But otherwise, I'm totally fine. And I might even like take partially this weed gummy that i took for when we recorded beachy sydney the other day because it's supposedly really good for chronic pain eat the whole thing Um, christine i might eat the whole thing and i'd like to watch you do it right now uh, okay i didn't take it (laughs) by the way for everybody who's a square it's a it's delta nine it's federally legal okay um but i took one i don't even care anymore just eat it just eat it okay just eat it i I, would like to all right Anyway, I'm Does ready to go. Good? How are you? 
Okay. Well, like we're not even. Gonna I'm cover sorry. Anything. I'm really trying to not be a fucking downer. I'm not. I'm. I'm just happy to have something positive to do for once. Um, because mm-hmm. you know Valentine's Day was kind of just spent. Um, doing things that I maybe maybe this is the doing. last year where your colon is your Valentine. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> maybe. maybe it'll be go bye bye. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so it's then, if time to talk to a doctor. I made the mistake of being of googling like partial bowel obstruction uh treatment and it's like all these pictures of the surgery and i'm like oh and they have to like resect resect your colon like they like take it apart and then like staple it back together yeah doesn't that sound like medieval i was like you staple it so sometimes i i've been to medical history museums and i'm amazed Mm. by the technology of like yesteryear and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, in my mind, this was like super archaic. <laughs> right. All a the staple way gun to put your intestines together. <laughs> well, yeah, because then now I look at like today's technology, which I think of as so much more advanced than back then. It's and like, I'm like robotic. Oh, it's kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, right. You think it's all like AI and robots. And then it's like, oh, we just take big staples and uh, yeah. just chuck, 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 chink, chuck, chink, and you're good. Well, I get that. I can um, do that. Just show me. Open I up your butt. Sure, I'm sure I probably I do have it. done that by accident. Um. Anyway, so I'm okay. I mean, I'm fine. I, like I'm, I'm much better than I was two days ago when I thought this is the end. I told Blaze this is the end, and he said, "You need to stop talking. Go to sleep." <laughs> okay. If you think that again, though, you have to go to a hospital, please. You have to go to a hospital. It's just like, what are they gonna do? You know, they're, they're gonna, gonna be gonna like, staple you have your crowns. butt apart or something. I don't so, want them to staple my butt. I don't. I, I don't. I will be there for you when it when it happens, if it happens. But thank you. I, I feel bad. I just feel bad. Okay, well, let's talk about other people who probably felt really bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, by the way, uh, do you drink anything? Oh yes, lots of Gatorade. Blaze told me if I hydrate because I can't eat because I can't. I don't have any appetite, so I'm like I'm just not able to eat. But he said, if you drink water, make sure it has, like, something in it, like some salt or some... Mm-hmm. And I said, how about Gatorade? And he said, fine. Because then your your body digests it. It's not just water where it goes, like, through your your stomach mm-hmm. is, like, forced to digest it, which hopefully will help your my obstruction get mm-hmm. a move on, you know? So, so another quick little cue, quick little cue. Yeah. What is the plan for next week when we're supposed to be in Pittsburgh and... Canada. Oh, I'll be there. Don't worry. Oh my! No, hang on. Um, like, <laughs> wait, hang on. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe we should reassess. Are you sure? We can always yeah. push it. We can always. Oh, I know it's no. I'll be fine. It'll go away. It went away last July. It'll go away again. If I have to do surgery, it'll probably be after Pittsburgh anyway. So, okay. Well, you heard it here first, Pittsburgh. Okay. I'll. I'll just um have to get some painkillers. In, across international borders and oh Toronto. true yeah that part i don't know how that works but you know um, what last time yeah. you were the homie for me and eva and this time because we had our really severe food food poisoning uh, that's, this time we got it well honestly bring i think a little i'm in better wagon. shape than you i'm in better shape right now than you two are because at least i can i don't have any like i can sit in one place so <laughs> at least there's that Right. Like, I feel like I'm I'm winning in that regard. So um, I I wouldn't. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about it. Um, I'm just glad it's not COVID, quite frankly, because it's not contagious. 
Okay. And, hey, me too. Uh, you know? Yeah. That's it. Living the dream. But I'll be there. Some New Year's resolutions are destined to fail. Lucky for you, though, I have an easy resolution that we can all make, and it'll make your life easier, be kinder to our planet, and transform the way you do laundry in 2024. That is switching to Earth Breeze. I know what you're thinking. Well, laundry isn't very fun. You buy this huge, heavy plastic jug. You have to measure out just the right amount while you're getting, like, goopy detergent everywhere and spilling it. But thankfully, Earth Breeze heard our cries, and now Eco Sheets are here to change the game. Unlike liquid powder or capsule detergent, Earth Breeze looks like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra constant concentrated laundry detergent. It couldn't be easier. You just throw a sheet in with your laundry and watch it dissolve in any wash cycle, hot or cold. There's no measuring, no mess, and best of all, no wasteful plastic jug. EarthBreeze fights everyday stains and odors, giving you an amazing clean every time. My mom has actually been using EarthBreeze sheets for, gosh, months now, I think, and she has been trying to get me on the train for a while, and I said, I will, I will, and so when they came along as a sponsor, I figured, this is the sign, it's now or never, and I'm really impressed with how well they work, and I love the fact that I don't have those giant plastic jugs and goo taking up my whole laundry room, so if I were you, I would give it a try. Right now, our listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash drink. That's earthbreeze.com slash drink for 40% off your subscription. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink i this one originally was going to have some deep dives to it and they and it ends up not happening so i guess that worked out for you um oh it's an <laughs> excellent a shorter story to endure um this is a classic whodunit haunting um this the is the classic whodunit haunting. Mm-hmm. The classic. I got nothing, no other way to describe it if at I this had point. a nickel. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is the haunting of Isabel Bennington. Oh, um, it sounds like we already know who done it, but it sounds. I mean, uh, she's one of them for sure. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Uh, there's this is in Driffield, which is like near Yorkshire in England. Um. And this is in 1662, so only a couple years back. Yeah. Um, this is uh, all about Isabel Bennington. She moves there in 1662 with her husband, William. And at the time, it was a very small town. It was a very poor town. And we don't know much about their lives except the fact that Isabel might have been a maid servant. But that's mm. literally the only other information we have. So 
Okay. It is sad. I feel like sometimes I go through like the um newspapers.com or like the old ancestry records and if somebody was like a cleaner or like a, a maid, quote unquote, or a servant, that would be like the only record of them. I'm like, great, yeah. cool. So there's just nothing. They just don't matter any other and way. also like sometimes like I I even look at my own great great grandparents on the census and all I know is yeah their occupation and it's such like a vague occupation where I'm like I how was that enough for the government let alone me yeah they're like, like oh that William got it one of them just says candy store and I'm like did my grandpa- oh that's actually pretty specific <laughs> I know but I'm like were you a candy maker or did you just were you sell a candy, candy store were you a did you a have a trench coat filled with tiki pops. <laughs> Were you actually three lollipops stacked on top of each other in a, in a trench coat? Um, I, I, I would like to know more about that. Or others just say like factory. And I'm like, that can't, that can't be all I get to know. It can't be right. <laughs> or even the wives where it's like homemaker. I'm like, oh, what a shame. I like, I'm sure there was something. There no, has to be more relevant. to it. No. It's all very two dimensional. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we know she's a maid servant. Great. And we don't even know Great. what he was up to. Um, so three months after moving in, Isabella notices that there's a spot on the floor that is slightly sunken in. Immediately, I'm going to go with, why did you only notice three months into this? But okay. Yeah. Um, but she moves in. She notices there's a spot on the floor that's like kind of lower and like a hole had been dug out at some point or there was no foundation under it. Um. And she thought maybe, I love where her brain goes. This is very Christine. She uh -oh. thinks maybe the former residents buried money or valuable oh. items down there. And now it's my job to dig them up and find them. Well, if you had asked me, Christine, what would your first thought be? I would be like, oh, well, someone put treasure down there and I'm going to go dig it up. So, yeah. So, that is, is that not, but like in all seriousness, is that not where your mind would go? No. What what would your mind say? Like I just am wondering what a normal person I would say. Oh, would there think. was a, an issue in construction, and now we have uh, to deal with it and get an inspector. <laughs> I guess that's smart. Never um, mind. I was but, like, what other more logical reason could there possibly be? M. I mean, it would have been like my second or third thought, and I would have been like, I hope that's the case. Instead of me having to pay, you him, like, so much eventually. money. Yeah. So maybe we do know more about Isabel Bennington. It's that uh, she ended up reincarnating into Christine Schieffer. Hey. And had the, the same thoughts are still there. Giving me um, her shitty colon issues. <laughs> that, you know, she never mentioned that one historically. So that, that goes unreported, unfortunately. Bummer. Uh, but it'll be very reported for you when you go. That's nice. Oh, it'll be all I talk about. <laughs> it'll be all through the Ouija board? What are you talking about? I'm talking about when you're oh, not Oh, I don't know. It's, it'll be on my <laughs> census records when they're like, put candy store or factory. I'll be like... Broken like stapled colon. butt yeah staples <laughs> staples in butt <laughs> see that's another thing oh, where i'd be that, like christine I, I have to know more see um, i love to keep some intrigue alive you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh she goes looking through she starts digging into the middle of her kitchen um she digs with a knife at first. Love her That's innovative thoughts here. Butter knife. Yeah, it is you. You fucking do everything yeah. with a knife, too. I do dig with a knife, yeah. <sighs> okay. 
Well, she digs with a knife and then she finds a bunch of staples that were once in someone's butt. I'm just kidding. Stop um, it. She, it, <laughs> she <laughs> digs a knife. She's digging with a knife because that's not ergonomically friendly to digging. She drops it by accident and it's so far down. Which, by the way, how big is this fucking hole? She It drops so far down she can't grab the knife anymore. So it's at least like arm deep. Oh, you know? I, well, I wonder if it went through like a floorboard. Like it's like a, a divot. Mm. Or is it in the floor? Is this is this I, hole like in in dirt or is it I'm, in a floor? I'm getting the I honestly don't know, but I was getting the vibe of dirt. Um, oh, okay. And like the kitchen was on the first floor, and there was just a big ass hole that got covered up with floorboards and nothing else. So she's digging, digging, and then she drops it into the hole. And uh-huh. can't reach and then she can't get it. it. Okay. So then she takes a I don't know why she's got this, but it's giving chaos energy. She has a broken <laughs> piece of plate, and. <laughs> You know she took, well, if it were me, I would take a plate and go, eh, I have enough plates, and smash it and be like, now I've got a lot of shovels. <laughs> now, or she one broke man's it originally. plate is a woman's 16 shovels. Yep. Uh, you, you know what? I do think that's the most original statement there's ever been made. <laughs> Thank you. I think she just had a, in a different way, your trash pile. I bet she had a bunch of broken plates left over For sure. from something she else. She was like, I'll do something with these one day. And then she's like, take that. Mom, I am using that broken plate I saved. Yeah, she to, to her husband. It's like that trash pile was worth keeping. I ended up See, using something in there. I told you. <laughs> so uh, she ends up grabbing a broken piece of plate to keep digging after she's dropped the knife. And when she eventually she hits something and she gets to burnt broken wooden stakes. Oh boy. And human bones. <gasps> oh my god. It's, Either a scalp, like a head, the top of a head. There might be some teeth in there. Uh, those are the only two that we've like documented. But maybe, maybe there's an arm. Maybe there's a butt. Maybe there's staples in it. <gasps> if so, there's not a butt, I'm worried about what happened to the butt. I yeah, that's true. You know, I went <laughs> to this museum recently, and it had two skeletons in it, and the guy tried to be so slick with it. And he was like, which one do you think is the male body? And which one do you think is the female body? And the female body was taller. So he thought he was really going to get me. And I went, and I guessed them right anyway. Not because I have any book smarts, but because I got a lot of street smarts. And I was like, this fucking guy thinks he's going to trick me. So I'm going to pick whichever one he thinks. Oh, that's hilarious. So he foiled his own game by being a little too conceited. Yeah, I was Thinking like, was I, you. you are acting like a man who wants to prove me wrong. So now I'm just going to do <laughs> the opposite of what you think I'm going to say. Was um, he totally bummed when you got it right? Yeah, he was like, yeah, that's right. And I went, well, yeah, don't be an asshole. I, it's don't that be easy. an asshole. And also, I feel like that's a stupid thing that, like, I feel like. A, I should have looked at him and been like, am chance. I a boy or a girl with my skin? Yeah, you great tell me. question. Oh, mm-hmm. you're wrong either way. You're wrong. Haha. <laughs> Secret that would have been third a fun answer. Trick question. Uh, that would have been real fun. He would have hated it anyway. Um, <laughs> and I was the only person on the tour. It was just him and me, so he really hated it. Um, so she finds broken wooden stakes and human bones. She thought that maybe the land. This is where like her logic is finally kicking in. She's like, "Oh, this place was once a burial site. Obviously, I don't want to disturb any bones, even though I've just dug through them." I don't want with, to like, disturb my anything. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And like like a dirty plate and a and a knife 
you know yeah you just stir them around yeah but um, i guess now let's be respectful I, that's now fair that's 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 nice of her i mean i guess the only thought is that this place must have once been a graveyard not a body has been buried here after this was a home you know it's so funny it, that she thought oh someone must have buried a treasure in that hole and then she finds a dead body indeed. and she's like well, there's no way a person could have put this here. It must right, just be a right. graveyard. I'm like, wow, you really flip-flopped on that. <laughs> so at this point, my brain is, uh, this is where I divert from Isabella. And I'm like, oh my God, a serial killer has been in this room. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I wonder if true crime podcasts were popular in the 1600s. Oh, she what, Where would different... her mind have gone? This is where I like to think in butterfly effect terms where I'm like, I don't know how beneficial true crime podcasting is these days. I like to think it's brought some awareness to to some people. I like to think that. Yeah. But in the 1600s or like whenever like Jack the Ripper was going on, Mm. if all the like podcast girlies were covering it, I feel like we might have figured out who he was, you know? I feel like we we would have gotten to the bottom of it for sure. If we were writing in, especially if they were actual girlies, I feel like we're obviously better than the police in a lot of ways when it comes to our investigating skills. Yeah. And I feel like, like unhinged pathways we take that um may or may not be legal but probably get some answers we would at the very least if there was one person one woman at the time who was like write in all your tips to me like gossip girl about jack the ripper we'll find him we just need to like we just need to unite band together i don't know maybe that's an ignorant thing to say i hope not but i like to think in the world of gossip girl where everything is perfect so i mean i know they um, had all those i know that like it was very sensationalized and so i know they had all those like little penny dreadfuls where they would like write about jack the ripper and and they did sort of try but you're right they didn't have like (laughs) the internet I like they didn't have um the ability to find others via internet. Yeah, it's as... harder to to really band together uh through like a, a zine. Imagine when first of all, time travel's already real because if it's if it's real at any time, it's real. That's right? exactly what I always say. So, when we get to the point where time travel also is within our reach, right. if ever. Uh imagine if like the Swifties decided we're going to find Jack the Ripper. We're going to go kick his ass. Right. Like, they like the way that what happened? Remember when the BTS uh, fan base like took over Twitter? Yeah. For that one uh, really that like MAGA hashtag that and then like mm-hmm. BTS like took over just because and everyone was like, whoa, that was scary <laughs> and also like really impressive. But now we're a little bit afraid. Yeah. It could happen. It's, I'm just saying it's like it would at least there would be a department in the time travel crime section where it's like, we got to get all these internets loose together. It's time. And then go back in time all together and like do a sting operation. Get this guy. It's happening. Isabel, are you listening? Or has it already happened? It has already happened. Just not for us. Wow. Okay. Isabel finds bones. She thinks obviously there's a logical reason to this and nothing far fetched. But then, not too long after this, now that she's disturbed these bones, on August 23rd, 1662, at around 8 30 at night, Isabel is sitting at the hearth, which I almost did a whole deep dive on hearths. Hearth. Hearth. See? Mm-hmm. 
could have used that deep dive. She's sitting there, staying warm and cozy by the fire, and she sees a young blonde man, barefoot. <laughs> what in the world? Dressed in green, which I think is an interesting color. In my mind, Mm. green wasn't even a fabric choice yet, which (laughs) I know that's so stupid. Um, And he's not wearing a hat. I think they could like use plants to make things green, but I don't know. I've literally seen so, I mean, I've seen so many people even older than 1662 wearing green, but it's still, it takes an extra bump in my brain to realize that it's possible. seen people older than 1662 wearing green? What are you talking about? Like people from earlier than 1662. Where did you see them? Well, I can, you know, I've like, see, I'm not like, like, I've seen pictures of people wearing like Victorian dresses and they're green. Victorian so like I, is like 1900. Oh, right. 1660. Hmm. What have I seen I'm earlier? I'm just like fascinated by like the fact that you just told us that you time traveled by accident. Are you accidentally? I, I almost blew my cover. You, hang on. You hang on. Almost. You literally just outed yourself so actively what do you I doing? feel like I've seen it like I don't know in paintings like in a and tapestry? shit like I get I've se- I feel like I've seen <laughs> archaic outfits and they happened to be green and I'm like well if they're painting them then I mean what about spring they must have seen it before I feel like spring heel jack wore green or maybe I'm making that up I don't know I don't remember <laughs> okay never mind wait I'm trying to help what's... you out here man I know it's uh I feel like I have I not whatever it doesn't matter she's he's wearing green and he's barefoot okay right and he's blonde and he's young and he's not wearing a hat so this is where I almost deep dove into the hat etiquette of the 17th century yeah I was gonna say there's something about the fact that he's not wearing a hat that must have been relevant it was literally documented by one of the um people I talk about later they Mm -hmm. mention it in their um like testimony and it's like the most shocking piece of that he's not wearing a hat so like he's not wearing a hat like he must something must be wrong yes um i mean he's also not wearing shoes that's like that's odd even today uh for a interesting but well this was a really poor area so i'm wondering like were oh, shoes okay. optional but hats weren't if you gotta buy know. one you gotta buy the hat which like i can't even understand that to the stuff fucked but, up but apparently having a hat is everything. I do remember in 1885 um, when Marty McFly, speaking of time travel, goes back and sees his family. Uh, they 1885? are 1885? Mm-hmm. I thought it was 1985. That was Back to the Future 1, Christine. Oh, okay. <laughs> in 1885 when he goes to the beginning of his town being built and he runs into like the first generation of his family coming to town. They yep. are fucking floored that he's not wearing a hat. They're like, you have to have a hat. Like, they oh, won't even real? have a conversation with him until he has a fucking hat on. Okay. So that explains it then. This is and so And they were like poor Irish potato farmers. Like, they had right. a hat. Everyone has hats. Everyone apparently. had a hat. I wonder if I would time travel right now wearing this Boston Red Sox baseball cap. If they'd be like, that's not a hat. Put something else on. That's. I feel like you'd be fine as long as you went with me, who was not wearing a hat. And then you'd be in the clear and I'd be in trouble. Okay. Anyway, I thought about doing the etiquette. Uh, It was, believe it or not, incredibly dry text. So I (laughs) went without. I'm sure we can find 
one of those brochures one day, like in an uh, antique store where it's like hat etiquette and it has oh. like diagrams of like how to wear a hat. I love shit. I like love that. those. There's like the the book where it's like how Victorian children would play. And the very first page is hoop and stick. I already yes. know because I own that book. I bought it when I was like in Colonial you wrote Williamsburg. It when you no. went back in time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so he's not wearing a hat. He's barefoot. He's in green. He is just standing there. And when I say Isabel's sitting at the fireplace and she sees him, like he appears in her house. Right. Okay. No, she's no hat. No, she's no hat. Isabella, Isabel, sorry, uh, thought that he must be a vagabond. Like, I love that she's got a reason for everything. She's not, no panic, (laughs) only calm. And she's like, oh, a grown ass man is in my house. Must just be like a vagabond looking for a warm place to sleep. He saw my fireplace. He got really jealous. But before she can address him, he starts moving towards her in complete silence. Ugh. So now she does, she's no longer Christine and she's now M. Schultz. She just starts shouting like Jesus and Bible verses immediately. <laughs> okay. As soon she's as he moves, she's smart. like, hang on a tick. That's not fucking right. Um, <laughs> That's <a> God. <laughs> <laughs> she starts commanding him to speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, Ooh. you better fucking say something. And he does. He tells her that he is a spirit condemned to remain in this house for 21 years. Oh, my. Uh, so far, he had been there for 14 years of the 21. Oh, okay. Which I like that he's almost telling her, like, there is a deadline to this. Like, in seven yeah. years, I won't be in your way anymore. It's like two thirds of the way through. Yes, exactly. I'm like, that's what I would have said to him. I'd be like, you're over halfway there. Don't come near me now. This is yeah. Just, just stay where you stay under the floor. Go back. Keep your head low. You know, like as low as it was. Be a model below in the me. floorboards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then he he says this. He's like, oh, I'm a ghost and I'm dead and I've been here for 14 years. I got another seven to go. Then he just wanders off into the parlor, and she lets oh. it happen. I feel like back to me with my family census. I'm like, hang on. We got more to talk about all of a sudden. What do you mean you're just going to walk away? But he just yeah, he's leaves. A, he's a tease. And this is where I wonder what happened in the middle. Because so he leaves after he says that, which does feel a little neggy of like, yes, I, I want you to follow me and ask questions. It feels yeah. attention seeky. Then he leaves. And then he comes back into the room 15 minutes later. What was he doing oh for those 15 God. minutes? Was he like snooping through her shit or something? I don't know. Was he like debating whether or not to go back in the room? <laughs> it's like, I'm sitting here waiting for her to come follow me yeah. so we can talk about this. He's like he, me. And then he gets too impatient. He's like, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so he comes back in to talk to her and he makes it clear that he is harmless. He is kind. He's nice. And he promises to never do anything to her. And... Mm-hmm. Also vague. He just says, you will never want for anything. Ugh. Like, because you're here? Or, like, are you pr- predicting the future? Or... Right. Ew, yeah. It. To, I mean, my gut instinct was that he's saying, I'm so nice and I'm so caring and I'll make sure you never want for anything. Like, I'll take care of you, which is so icky. Yeah, like, Nobody asked for that. It's like giving Casper romance. It's like, okay, but I didn't ask mm. for this. And also, can you leave yeah. my house? And I'll see you're dead. So he's like, yeah, you're I'm never going to hurt you. fucking body. <laughs> I'm never going to hurt you. You're chill. I don't mean to, like, cause any harm. I don't mean to scare you. I just wanted to let you know I'm here. I got seven years to go, depending on how long you last. And by the way, you'll never want for anything. Uh, then mm. he just glides away. 
Again, probably waiting for her to say something. But he goes away for the rest of the night. The next night, he reappears, and she commands him to give her more information, which, good for you. Um, Okay. And he says, oh, 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 remember yesterday when you saw me around 8.30? That was on the anniversary of my death at 8.30 when I died. 14 years ago exactly, between 8 and 9 p.m., which is exactly when she saw him. And then... This, I just saved this little quote because it gives me shivers in a in a weird way. He said uh, he died between 8 and 9, 14 years before, and, quote, I received my grave betwixt 12 and 1. And then he vanished. Ooh, betwixt 12 I and 1. love the use of betwixt. Oh. Ooh. Someone should have a little kitty cat, a little black kitty cat named Betwixt. I think that'd be lovely. I, I love that. I wonder if that is anyone's cat's name. Tag us. <laughs> I wonder if Betwixt and Twix candy bars have anything in common. I thought that as well. Hmm. Well, mm. so I guess he's saying I died around eight and nine. I was buried by 12 and one. By 12 to one. He appears again later. At another time, and she says, you have to tell me your name. At the very least, if I'm going to fucking live with you, you have to tell me who you are. And he says, my name is Robert Elliot. And when she Ooh. says, who killed you? Since you're saying you just died and immediately had a grave. Who killed you? He said, quote, I was knocked in the head in my bed by three women. Mary Burton, Alice Coulson, the elder, and Anne Harrison. I like how Alice Coulson somewhere is like rolling over in her grave. Like, why am I still being called old? Um, <laughs> she's like the other two ladies were born same year but i'm the one <laughs> who gets called out so mary burton alice colson and harrison and mary burton seems to be the one he has like the biggest issue with i think the other two might have just been like friends of mary burton's and helped he was visiting from london he tells the story to um isabel he was visiting from london and he got in a fight with a local woman named mary burton who Mm. allegedly refused to pay him back when he gave her a loan okay another source that i saw said something about he was either border boarding under her or she was boarding with him and there was like a rent issue um but i i don't really know the details to it but it sounds like something which would also explain how she had access to him sleeping if they were staying in the same building. Right. And also buried him under her own floorboards, mm-hmm. which were also his floorboards. Yeah. yeah. So one of the versions uh, or from what he has said, according to Robert Elliot, the ghost, Mary and two of her friends murdered and buried him in the floor to cover it up. And nobody ever found out. And after killing him, Mary also stole money from his pockets and pieces of jewelry that were both his mother's and his grandmother's. And she swiped business paperwork, which gave her access to a bunch of his other belongings from his previous home, which she then sold for more money. Oh, God. She's like really conniving, this Mary. She's, yeah, not someone you want to mess with. No. Um. So because Isabel disturbed his bones, that was the first time he had, I guess he, his spirit was awoken in some way. And because she was responsible for disturbing his bones, she was the only one who could see or hear him. How convenient. Hmm. Over the visits, because he didn't stop not showing up. He didn't stop showing up. Which I would have been like, dude, I get it. 14 years, that's super great. But like, you got seven more and you 
didn't bother anyone for those other 14. So like, why, say, you like, why is she the, the poor sap who gets stuck with like this talker, this yapper? She can't. Yeah. It's like, if anything, seats. because I disturbed your bones and now you're kind of alive here, why don't we just be roommates? But like, we don't have to talk. Like, yeah, like, let's you just get this give side each of the other house. some space. Well, anyway, he keeps showing up and he appears in different ways to her sometimes. So like one time he showed up as a man, one time he showed up as a 12 year old boy. A lot of times he showed up in white instead of the green suit he was wearing. Oh, Not once do we get any information on the loss of his shoes or hat. And, oh, by, no. <laughs> and by the fifth time he visits, um, he says he just shows up and like doesn't even have anything to say to her. So it really is starting to feel like roommates that like. Oh, they finally. just don't even talk to each other. He, she just sees him and goes. Oh, they just man. nod. Yeah, as they like pass each other for the microwave. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Another time, he asked her to set fire to oh. the place where she found the bones, aka her own fucking house. No <laughs> the <thanks>. floor. <laughs> Super. <laughs> the the floor made of nothing but wood. The kindling. yeah, great. <laughs> um. Also, by the way, I'm. Oh, hang on. Maybe we'll get to it. Um, set fire to the place where she found the bones. And I don't think she did this part because I never saw it in the story later, but it was a request of his. And he said, if it were to happen, quote, the stake would now be as warm at the root in my heart as my heart was when the stake was stricken through it. Oh, I feel like he's talking in rhymes. I don't care for that. Also, yes. like... <sighs> Exhausting. I thought he was hit in the head. What happened? Why is he getting stabbed in the heart now? Yeah. Maybe he was hit in the head and then they were like, let's just do it for good measure. I feel like that eldest one really had like, oh, while he's dead, <laughs> let's do these other things I've wondered about a body like, and just like really <laughs> just went for it. <laughs> she's like, well, I brought these steaks and they're like, yeah, we told you not to bring those steaks. And she's like, well, I don't. I, I, we have to use them now. I brought them. It's like, girl, uh, you're overdoing it. Like, we girl, could get away with it if it, if he looks like he fell by himself. If we stabbed him through the heart. Nobody asked you to bring a steak. It's like, Alice, girl, like, you're Alice, a lot. Like, I, we knew you so would be down old. for murder, I mean, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's see. So at some point in his visits, he tells Isabel that he, oh, that it was up to her to bring his killers to justice on behalf of him, which keep in mind, he only died 14 years ago, so they might still be alive. Um, oh, yeah. And also, like, we've learned that that Mary is not someone you want to fuck with. Yeah, which, by the way, if I were Isabel, I'd be like, uh, until Mary's dead, I'm not touching this. But thank Forget you so much. It. I just burped no, no. into the microphone. Oh, I missed it. Did you it. hear that? No, I sure didn't. It absolutely happened. Sorry to everybody else. So yeah, if I were if I had to t if I had to be told, oh, you're gonna go find justice on my killers now, I'd be like, well, hang on a second. I'm not involved in this. I know I disturbed no, your bones. I'm so sorry I'm about that. I'm so sorry. I cannot so express I, how sorry. <laughs> so I know that you have it in your head now that I have to do something about this, but like I, God. I didn't request that. Um, also, no. where the hell is her husband? Like, why isn't she talking about this stuff? Yeah, with him? where, where, why is it not his fucking problem? Uh huh. So anyway, the husband never gets mentioned, which is bananas to me. Uh, the guy, Robert, right? Uh, he decides. Well, you are responsible. I don't make the rules. And somehow convinces her, and she's now, like, dead set to help him, which, like, that couldn't have gone any better for him, because he would have gotten a different answer out of me. He must be a fucking charmer, that barefoot bastard. He's like, he's, I know. 
I know. I'll just tell her to go uh, avenge my death. I'm fancy enough oh, for a green worked. suit, but a hat? Forget it. A hat? Come on. He started giving her details about his life to help prove his existence and eager to help. Uh, Isabel contacts the local magistrate's office and reports the murder and then tells them everything, including that there's a ghost manifesting in front of her. Oh. However, can you believe it? The officials were skeptical. If I worked in that <laughs> department, I'd be like, I'm taking my lunch break right now and going over to your house to see this. Guy. I was going to say you and I would be like, finally, I like my job for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> So Isabel tells them that the, uh, tells the ghost that night says, "Hey Robert, I need more information because people still aren't believing what's going on." And keep in mind, it was a difficult time for ghost stories because this was during the Reformation, and so a lot of people were moving oh. away from Catholicism and thus like purgatory and trapped souls. And so like his story kind of went against what people were moving from. Right. Um. Others still believed in it, though. It was like a, it was a weird gray space. So some people were into it. Some people weren't. And Isabel knew someone would eventually listen if she had all the information. So she got more information from Robert, spread it through town. And she even demanded at churches of all types for ghosts to uh, for the ghosts to be included in their prayers, like start praying for Robert. Homegirl had nothing to do. I mean, remember, like on the census, it would have just said housewife, which like. I thought now I'm like, what like the hell was my grandma was... up to? She could have been up to something like this. Oh my god! Imagine the things she discovered in that candy store, the ghostly apparitions that came through the floor. But what about? Okay, quick question: Didn't her senses say? Did it say housewife or did it say like ser- maid? We or think something? it was maid servant from one source. It's like they're fucking busy. Like they're, yeah, that's like hard labor basically. So if she's around scrubbing floors and stuff. How does she have time to go on like a jaunt? Maybe it was like her, 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 like how we did the podcast because we needed like an outlet, like a, like a hobby after work. Maybe this is like her passion project, you know? It's got to be. She sounds like, way too passionate about it. Her side hustle. Mm-hmm, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, side yeah. hustle. She, uh, she is taking it a little seriously for a side hustle though. I mean, she's literally contacting authorities and churches and raising issues all over the the public space the the community yeah because she's a boss babe you know what maybe that's the way i need to look at it (laughs) even still people refused to pay attention to her until robert himself gave isabel more information that could seriously stick and he said you know what not only do i have information about myself i have information about others (gasps) And let's just say I know of a secret plot to kill the king. Oh, that's not an escalation at all. He really went for the throat there. He said, <laughs> I know two men working for the king Holy who, who work under him in the castle and they are going to kill him. And he even gave Isabel their full names and positions. Uh, he like pulled his trump card so fast. I feel he like. He was like, if no one's going to listen to me, they'll listen to this. And then maybe they'll pay attention to me. Wow. And then I'll get help. So, um, wow. So he's, so now she's in like, I would argue a pretty dangerous fucking position. They're yeah. like, uh, she has like names of people in the court that she's going to accuse. All of a sudden she's absolutely like <sighs> an accomplice or something. Yeah, it feels like she's gonna be in some hot water for this, but or what's the what's the 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 law when it's like conspiracy or something where it's like you're not totally involved but you know of something. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A conspirator. I don't know. Something. No. Um, oh, it's like where you. I forget. I know the word. <laughs> she's now officially. Like, she's now officially responsible in some way, at least. Um, which, by the way, let's talk again. This man is a ghost, and in 1660s, we don't we don't know how accurate of a story this is. It could be, you know, she's going through something, and she has created a side character and right if that's the case she just made up an assassination plot like that see that's pretty alarming yeah yeah like seeing people hearing neck. things that nobody else can and now the king will be killed that's fucking crazy too yeah yeah um so this was in like i said 1662 this was not a time when isabel by the way could have gotten access to the names of people and their positions who worked under the king oh okay i was gonna ask if that was just like public knowledge i don't think it was oh weird okay um but she did know it would be a father or the the ghost robert knew it would be a father-son duo with the last name jenkins and fun fact in like 2024 research there is there was at the time a Robert and Philip Jenkins that worked in the Royal household at the time. So it's weird that she knew that when like, she wouldn't have had access to that information unless maybe she knew a guy who knew a guy, you know? Yeah. Like she'd heard about the name Jenkins and was like, Oh, you know, uh huh. Or like, Oh, I've got a friend and his dad. They both work at the castle. We're not supposed to know about that. And like, she just overheard it at the bar, you know? Like I like to think, living in hollywood sometimes i like to play the game of like how many degrees away am i from an avenger and <laughs> shockingly i'm only like one degree away from a few no, of them which it's is not so that cool. shocking it's not that it is shocking to me. it's shocking yeah, to me but, the, but you've like actively manifested that and you live in burbank california you know that's true <laughs> one of them is no, always like, like within 15 minutes of me. but don't sell oh, yourself you. short like i would have thought you're negative degrees by this point away well i know i've I've yet to hang out one-on-one with uh with an avenger but i like to think in 1662 this is what other people were doing of like how many degrees am i away from someone who works for the royal from the jester yeah like how many just the jester only him what about like what if the like you made out with the jester in high school and you're like Oh, and now he's a jester, so I guess that makes me one degree away from the king. I love that idea because it's like, what does that make you if your connection to the castle is you made out with the town idiot or whatever? Why why is it like me, the one who's making my own story, who's like, I made out with the jester in high school. Like, I couldn't even just say, like, I made out with, like, the prince. The chef. The chef. The jester. I don't know. The king himself. Yeah. That's what I, I guess that speaks to my own self, uh, self-worth. And I stand by it because I feel like the jester is, you know, always the one who got to make fun of the king. You know, Kate Middleton, when it was like back in the early 2000s and she was dating Prince William. Yeah. You know that she, her friends were thinking, like, even if they don't get together, she gets to say that she made out with the future king. Like, right? how cool. Isn't I mean, it's still a cool story. Yeah. Also, is the word we were looking for an accessory? Accessory. Like where you know about it. But I I just didn't want people to start tweeting and be like, guys, you never figured that out. Because I think think that's what we were trying to say. An accessory where you're aware of it, but you didn't do anything. Yeah, I think that's right. Who doesn't love the good things in life? Even though one can enjoy a little luxury, it doesn't mean they can always afford it. That's why there's Quince. Quince is your go-to for luxury essentials at affordable prices. 
Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Don't you love that? I always get excited when I get to talk about Quince. And if you are seeing us on tour at all, you will absolutely be seeing me wearing Quince because it's pretty much all I wear now. Um, Even at home, I have like these really beautiful sweats that I got from them and they're so soft and they feel luxurious, but they were so affordable compared to the fancy ones you see like influencer posting, that kind of thing. And I'll tell you what, if you see me on stage, I'm going to be wearing either one of the washable silk blouses, which game changer, washable silk, genius or if it's a little colder, I'm usually wearing the the fisherman sweater, which also looks so chic and expensive, even though it wasn't. So yeah, let me know what you guys think of my, my outfits. They're basically all Quince now. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash drink for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash drink to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash drink. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So she says there's this father-son duo with the last name Jenkins. They're going to kill the king. They work for the royal family. And there was, in fact, two people there at the time who worked. You know, So it's, it's interesting that she did know that. It is. But we don't know how. It is possible that the ghost and or Isabel uh, made this up to get authorities' attention because they weren't getting the attention yet, even though they were trying. So maybe they created this murder for them to investigate just to like kind of ruffle get some feathers radar. and get and get them yeah. talking. But maybe it was real. We don't know. Officials couldn't ignore the fact that a potential assassination attempt on the king was being thrown around. So yeah. Uh, through that isabel continued to advocate for the ghost being like and when you're done with that don't forget about this about my ghost friend about my ghost friend who wants justice for the murderers i don't i still feel like the ghost story is more interesting i do too and also i do too no offense to the king (laughs) uh but also like what did they expect if this is just a, a plot or a ploy to get attention they're not going to care about Robert's murder anymore if they're yeah, just focused exactly. on the king's murder. Like, they're going to be like, who cares about this dead guy? He's already dead. Like, I feel like she kind of did the angle wrong. Like, if she's like, oh, the king's going to get murdered, like, they're not going to get any more fucking attention. I 1000% agree. Like, she, her strategy was not right. She shot too far, you know? Now they're going to be looking over there. 
Yeah, you got to pick something that's kind of gradually nearby, so that way right, they right. have a keep mutual the, interest. Keep the interest peaked. It was soon clear that Isabel was not going to give up until someone listened to her, and locals finally um, heard her out in an official forum. I think they were like, let's just shut this fucking woman up. I'm so <laughs> tired of it. Now we've got a whole assassination plan that we like, want to hear Thank about. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, maybe that was her that was her tactic of like let me just start pestering like, I just, like the high stop <laughs> the high authorities until everyone's annoyed and they just want to shut me up. Good for her. <laughs> so now this is a month later. This is September 1662 and Isabel under oath before two justices, one who is also a knight, she told the whole story again and included the ghost name, Robert Elliot, the city he was from, his birthday, his parents' names, his sisters' names, where his sisters live today. Um, Jeez. All the information that Robert had given her. Couldn't she go find his sisters or were they really far away? So they were his sisters' names were Kate and Jane, and those sisters were still alive, which is weird, though, like if she was just like mentally ill and coming up with this stuff. It's, it, it, I mean, actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. It matched. He, she could have also been mentally ill and just picking like random people she'd heard about in town, you know? So, right, true, true. But, but the then they would have st- had to have a brother who died. Right, yeah. Again, huh. maybe she's just going to a really popular gossip bar and they're like, I know a guy. His maybe name is Robert. She's he's dead. a maid servant and she's scrubbing floors and everyone's ignoring her, but she's just getting all the hot goss from her, from her boss, you know? This is just like, is told uh, yes that's got i i if that's not it i want that to be it so bad I've this is Downton just Abbey. like this is just a dark tale of like when you don't pay attention to the little people who are listening right they got they've all got ears. the intel yep they've got ears everywhere so the sisters were alive and isabel could even tell the justices where they lived and what church they go to these days and she was able to also say where Robert's parents were born, what his dad did for a living, where his dad currently was. Jeez. And she was questioned on at least separate eight separate occasions, and she continued to demand an investigation for Robert. I wonder if she even gave a shit about Robert or if she was just like, please, this is the only way I can get this ghost out of my house. Please exercise this <laughs> yeah. house for me. Yeah, I mean, I remember that there was a specific sentence you said earlier, which was eager to help. Yes. And I was like, was she eager to help or was she just eager to get this fucking guy away? Um, yeah, I, I think that's so. what I mean, unless she really had nothing else going on and she needed a hobby. It sounds to me like she's just willing to do whatever it takes. She just Maybe, got this house. Right. Ugh. Like, she, God, get him out of here. And I mean, it sounds like <clears throat> the start of a dramedy where like, oh, guess I'm now suddenly involved in this crime and mm-hmm. laughs ensue. Hilarity ensues. Hysterics. Hilarity ensues. Yep. Um, The media finally begins to pick up the story. One pamphlet reads from the time, because you know I fucking love reading an old pamphlet and telling you how many words were in one run-on sentence of a header. I can't wait. (laughs) You want to guess how many words were in the headline? The headline. Oh, uh, eight. 71. What? Sorry, that was so loud. This is the headline. This is uh, the the pamphlet uh, reads, 
A strange and wonderful discovery of a horrid and cruel murder committed 14 years <laughs> since upon the person of Robert <laughs> Elliot of London at Great Driffield in the East Riding of the County of York discovered in September, last by the frequent apparitions of a spirit in several shapes and habits unto Isabel Biddington, the wife of William Biddington, the now inhabitants in the house where this most excre execrable murder was committed. Execrable. <laughs> E X E C R A B L E. Excrable. Excarble? Ex <laughs> I don't fucking know. This murder was committed. So. That oh, execrable. Execrable. I've never heard that word in my life. Me neither. Anyway, that it's the fact. I feel like when we were younger and they were trying to teach us like how to write an essay. They, I don't know about you, but I was taught to like do five paragraphs or five mm -hmm. sentences if you're doing a short answer of the who, what, when, where, why, and how. So maybe mm. six who, what, when, where, why, how. Yeah, the five W's and how. I feel like they just answered all that in the headline, and now I don't need to read the fucking story. Like, what else are you going to tell me? It's like nowadays when you say like, oh, I just looked at the headline. It doesn't. It means you like don't know anything about it. But now with this, it's like, <laughs> oh, I looked at the headline. Oh, well, tell me yeah. everything. <laughs> no wonder everyone was able to read the entire paper every day. They just like just it was just a bunch of sentences. It's like just three a bunch of stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three headlines. Nowadays the headline is to hook you for the rest of it. But Yeah. This one I don't know what they were doing, just word vomiting. Uh the printed stories began to get even more detailed. I can't imagine anything more detailed when that headline is seventy one years seventy one words long. But <laughs> okay. So the printed stories get even more detailed. Whether they were real stories from Isabel herself, whether they were stories confabulated by the ghost, or maybe they were just journalists who were embellishing for the readers, we don't know. But the stories got more specific. I One story was just no offense, but like, we don't know if they were embellishing. I mean, read that fucking headline. Like, the word, it execrable, whatever the fuck. Like, Jesus Christ. They probably it, wrote imagine the fucking article about like they would have used like 95 words to describe like the green suit he was wearing yes, and it would have all yes. just been made up so that they could write more words interesting they never mentioned his hat so maybe it wasn't that grabby you know? interesting mm -hmm. um maybe that, that was the maybe that was the meat of the story and they're like you won't know the real hot they're gossip like, until you start and reading get the this article. this get fucking this. guy no hat past the headline no hat. He came back to Earth, forgot stuff. his hat. Came back um, to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's probably a combination of em embellishing, embellished journalists, plus the ramblings of either a mentally unstable and or incredibly attention needy woman. Yeah. Who happens to know a lot of people in town, but whatever. And also, like, has bad things to say about most of them. So Yeah. <laughs> So one story actually went, this is like, oh, do we, is it embellished or was it told by the ghost? One story, for example, is that Mary Burton, Robert's killer, just before killing him, told Robert, I could find in my heart to drink thy blood as freely as this cup of ale. Jesus. So homegirl literally said, I want to fucking drink your blood because I care that little about you. Allegedly allegedly uh despite isabel's determination ultimately the investigation came up empty 
I'm sorry, but yeah. were there not literal bones in her house? I feel like that should have at least brought an investigator in, but whatever. Um, public arguments against the story stated that they couldn't find records of all three women involved in the killing. They were only able to find records of one of the murderers. I think it was Mary. Um, and she was now dead, so they couldn't even be questioned. And so you couldn't rightfully, you know announce or state that this was a, a, a real and she, so crime. basically she did wait for mary to be dead before she this kind of yeah. went down yeah which like yeah. if if homeboy stuck in the house if this ghost knows about a random assassination plot which we never even covered that how does he know that yeah. who is he talking to <laughs> earlier like, when you said like now we know that there was a jenkins i'm like wait are you why are you saying it like we're never going to discuss this again and then it like <laughs> never never he came said, up if he knows that there's an assassination plot on the other side uh, of, I don't know where Yorkshire is, somewhere in England, he knows a whole other storyline going on. He couldn't tell you if Mary was alive or not. Why did we go on this goose chase? I mean, I wish I knew, but I, <laughs> I, can't, I, don't know. I can't for the life of me understand what's happening. <laughs> so uh, they were only able, basically the courts were like, we can't go any further. They were only able to find records of Mary, but they don't know if that was actually, you know, they were never able to question her. On top of that, one of the justices publicly criticized the testimony, which didn't help. But people wonder mm. if that's because the justice was, you know, which side of the Reformation was he on? Maybe he didn't like uh... want to believe in trapped souls. We don't know if that was part of the reasoning or that the story was fucking ridiculous. I don't know. There was no official <laughs> investigation later into Robert's death or a, a trial. The investigation that did happen was more of like a credibility trial about Isabel before they sure. went any further. And if they, if there were any more records about the, um, about Robert or Isabel's attempts to get him justice, they're now lost to time. Wow. But we can end on a high note that according to Robert, he was only going to be around for seven more years. So by 1670, he has passed and he is no longer with us. Wow. Uh, and that is uh, the haunting of Isabel Bennington. That's so wild. I, Thank you. The f the fact that he was like, oh well, I've got seven years left. I guess now's the time to go on yep. this like crusade to avenge my death. And it's like you're two thirds of the way there. Just go, but take yeah. another nap, and you'll be in heaven or whatever. Well, it's like <laughs> that's what you say to like grandpa. <laughs> take one that's more nap, and you'll you be in heaven every time you come. <laughs> <laughs> every time I take a nap, especially at your house, there's something intoxicating about your house. Every time I take a nap, I do think I, I don't know if I'm going to heaven, but I'm certainly not on earth. I'm, you're, there's a, <laughs> there is a purgatory I can't escape from all the way. Your husk, you're leaving your husk behind, heading somewhere in the ethos. You know the dreams where it feels like G-force is holding you back in a roller coaster, like to, to like pull yourself back into reality? I, those are the naps I have when I'm at your house. Where I I've just never feel had like, that feeling. What? Okay, so you texted me the other day, and you and I had both had really bad and weird dreams, and you were like, yeah, I was trying to pull... It was one of those where I was trying to pull myself back, and I was like, I've never had that. That happens to me all the time. But I, I like... So does That's that mean insane. you're like lucid dreaming? Like you know you're dreaming? Does it mean that I'm dying and trying to come back to Earth? <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I, it feels like... You've never had one of those dreams where you wake no. up and you're like, what year is it? Like, Oh, I mean, never... yeah, but not... Like, I don't know what happened right before I woke up. Like, I don't... Oh. 
Maybe I am lucid. I I don't know. Like, I like, really. So are you in a dream and you're like, I got to get out of here? No, I'm like, it's like if Allison's like, it's like I'm in such a deep sleep. I can't wake up. But like, I'm trying. Cause oh, I... you're like trying to pull your consciousness out. Yes. Oh, yeah. I see. I guess maybe I've like, done that. Like, like Allison's trying to wake me up and be like, hey, dinner's here or something. But I'm so I'm so deep. Oh, in you're like, like my... fighting the abyss. <laughs> yes. Fighting the abyss yeah. is the exact way to put it. I Okay. Okay. I often call whenever I'm asleep because I don't know where I'm going. I'm I'm not here. That's I'm not present. <laughs> We've um, determined that. <laughs> I usually call like dream world specifically, but really the abyss of sleep i just call it the beyond and so yeah, a lot of yeah, times yeah. i'm heading to the beyond yeah yeah when i when i tell <laughs> allison i'm going to bed i'm like oh i'm gonna go to the beyond for a little bit will i meet you there am i gonna see you where are we gonna like sometimes we'll plan in advance which i guess is our own like special way of like trying to like like lucid dream or, i mean yeah because it sounds like it I, I, it's really meant to just be like a sweet little like inside joke of like oh i'm gonna go get ice cream in the beyond am i gonna see and you then the all ice of a sudden you're parlor? like which pillar are we meeting at yeah, it's like, is time a thing there or else I'm going to be waiting forever? Like, what? I'm late. <laughs> Are you late? <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, no, pulling myself back from the beyond, it feels like, I, I don't know what else to say. It really, I know it, what you whatever mean. you just I, said. I've, I've done that. It. I feel like I thought you meant you were in a dream and you were like, shit, I got to get out of here. And you were like trying to like pinch yourself awake out of oh, like Oh, no, that's sleep dream. paralysis. <laughs> I have also <laughs> Yeah, that. that's like lucid dreaming or sleep paralysis but yes um wow okay fascinating uh thank you <laughs> all right um so today i have for you i'm gonna call this the sharon Pryor previously cold case oh okay yes okay okay so we're gonna cover sharon Pryor today this one all right i don't know sucks. who that is well it's just sad and bad oh okay yay sharon kim Pryor was born in february 1959 and grew up in the point saint charles neighborhood of montreal and do you know where quebec yay okay those who knew her described her as a bright young girl you know all the usual things that make it extra sad she lit up a room she had a zest for life mm. uh, she lived with her mother yvonne her two younger sisters who were twins and their names were maureen and doreen um love that. and i also love it because doreen is spelled like d-o-r-e-e-n and maureen mm-hmm. is spelled m-o-r-e-e-n <laughs> oh that's fun it would have been extra horrible if it was maureen spelled like doreen and doreen spelled like doreen maureen. yeah that you're right that <laughs> would have been so much worse. what a cruel joke <laughs> that would have been worse um i gotta i gotta get, hand it to them they picked the right you, right option if you ever had twins did you ever have like a twin set of names which i know, you know there's I, like I, I some people also obviously off to like hey they're their own individual people so maybe we give them individual names but in a fun little like we're writing up cartoons Fantasy and the twins world. have to have names what was phil and lil <laughs> yeah uh, that one's i think done that one's been taken um you know not really i feel like i always thought about it in like real world terms but not in like twin name twin match names what were yours i always uh at the time, I will say it again, it was before they were popular and I got made fun of all the way through because everyone said they were ugly names and now everyone needs to shut their little mouths. 
I always wanted. I mean it. Okay. I'm so upset because I got no. bullied so hard for these names and now they're popular. And I'm I know, like, I know. Uh, we've discussed this because okay. I, I remember when you first told me you were like, "This is probably weird," and I was like, "I think those are great names." And then all of a sudden they like boomed in popularity. Yes. And now I can't use them because then I just feel I just look like I'm like following the pack. But uh, and I also always... because your kids are going to kill you because every time you're going to be like, but I actually got bullied for liking that name when I was I in middle school. <laughs> um, I always wanted if I had two people who would want more mask names the, at the time, I was always like, oh, if I had twins, I think they'd be twin boys. I would go with Oliver and Owen because I like the O. Oh, we just talked the same about this. letter theme. I... Those are both great names. Thank you. I think so. Um, and now, I don't know, because I, I always am so flaky about whether or not I even want kids. Some days I'm like, oh, maybe in a few years. And then there's other times where I'm like, absolutely not. So I, Me I, too. <laughs> well, uh-oh. Uh, Heads up. That doesn't go away. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I feel like baby names for me are like shifting a lot because i'm like oh if it's not that serious and like i'm not actually thinking about having kids then like what's the most ridiculous name i could come up with that actually sounds dope and i was i like recently fell into like space themed names for babies and i was like oh that's kind of fun anyway i've been going down a baby name trail recently not xenon (laughs) although that could be one i don't know why that's not on the list but it's like nebula and cosmo and echo (laughs) i was like they're a little too far-fetched but i appreciate the effort i think echo is kind of a dope name for like a non-binary person name i've 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 met a few young cosmo i've seen cosmo see i don't i don't like the name cosmo but i love the sound of the word cosmos so i don't i don't know where i stand as a name all of a sudden it doesn't feel right osmosis jones oh that we're still scientific aren't we yeah. in that way if you what's a name that you did not use for leona that you will never use that like you can uh-huh. say and not risk using it later hmm. like are there names where you're like oh well that one's not gonna get used anymore oh uh, well i always really like the name elliot uh but mm. now it's a good one Leona's that's also be really elliot. popular right now yeah so yeah we have family with that name now so but uh, no i don't know not nothing there are a couple that are still up up for play i don't know if that's a sentence if that's a word but um you know if we have another so i'm like i don't know if there's any that are completely off the table yet i always loved the names lucy and kimberly which is like so i guess early 90s now but like very it sounds like babysitter's club I know it's like Kimmy, but also I think Kimmy was from the Pink Power Ranger, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just always liked the name Lucy. I don't know why that always got me. But nobody pretty, I've ever really dated, pretty. nobody I've ever dated has been in agreement with me and has liked those names. So there are names that I'm hmm. pretty sure are never going to get used if I even have kids. But there are names that I've always had at the top of my list. Well, if something really radical happens, I like the name. So okay. Just Leona and Lucy would be precious. <laughs> oh, wait, that's actually really cute. <laughs> Leona, Lucy, and Lemon, the perfect little oh, trio. shut the fuck up about that. With wait, Lemon, but I would okay. love if you had a little Lucy and then it would be Leona and Lucy. I think that's very cute. I know. Um, I think that'd be... And also, like, I feel like Lucy... I try to think of names now where I'm like, if my kid is gender nonconforming in some way or want to transition, oh, yeah. 
I kind of want to still like be like sneaky and control and be like, ooh, but if I pick a name that like is already gender neutral then like you don't have to change your name they could still yeah. change their name but like i like to feel like oh maybe i can play the game with well, you well i know? tried to do that with leona because i was like then if she feels like it's too feminine you could go by leo you know yeah exactly if, if you feel like you need a change yeah with lucy i feel like the best you can do is just switch it over to like a lucas or oh i thought you were Luke about to tell something. me like that's why you or like Luke. lucy and i was like my friend i oh, i would no. argue that <laughs> i know i would like lucifer the names... oh actually you know he gets a bad rap so he that's... does i wonder why it's so weird <laughs> you know if lucy decided hey i'm transitioning my name is now lucifer i'd be like that's fucking <laughs> badass that's so cool imagine like fox news and when they get their fucking filthy <laughs> paws on that story they'd be like an eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's how i feel about kids named damien i'm like oh that was yeah a or lilith call. which is like one of the most yeah. beautiful names but like is for like the your parents who, like, had to sit with that for a second yeah they they i think they knew they must have known i think they knew i don't know anyway wow okay we really derailed i'm sorry maureen and doreen oh, right. That's where we were. <laughs> not, <laughs> not maureen and doreen um <laughs> these poor girls i'm like i'm not trying to laugh at the story obviously i just um i found the names so like um, silly so like um i don't know if small town but like so 60s like i don't know quirky well four of my best friends growing up were identical quadruplets and they all had names that had no nothing to do with each other oh and which like I appreciate in knowing them because they they are their own individual people. But for the novelty, which is so gross, I don't think of them as a novelty. But for <laughs> the like, how often do you get to meet quadruplets? When, and you're like, when Ringling Brothers Circus picks them up, what are we going to put uh, yeah, on, this, on the plaque? We got to change their name to something. If they're listening, rhymes. I don't think of you like that at all. <laughs> they know that. I just, I, I just, all I feel know like that. they I'm know just that. Te- I promise they know that. We but all I just, know like, that. I'm like, We're just teasing. In an opportunity where there's four people, you know, it's like their first thought is like maybe well, throw throw a fun theme on it. But I get I get why. So, no. but when you think that way, do you mean like they should all start with the same letter, or is it more like they should rhyme, or is it more like they should all be like flowers? Like, how do you? Oh, look I see. At, I don't know. Like, what's your twin? I don't know. Because you know? uh, I my first thought, I think, because we all saw like cartoon twins that like everything rhymed my first thought is yeah. rhyming which is maybe a little too Maureen, Doreen, i've always liked the idea Florine. of like doing like like a color theme or like something kind of subtle where like it's not <laughs> totally clumping them together oh or i know you put you, you know those um <laughs> those paint paint chip sample thingies from like sherwin williams oh you fan it out and then you pick one they'd be different pantones oh my god that's so be like it's not even pantones it's like uh thanks it's like cranberry sauce red or whatever the fuck all the colors are um like if so the duggars for example those that's 19 kids that were all born under a name theme and some of them have decided to do names just jay which like, I'm cool the, with that. It's like that's different enough. Yeah, it's maybe. fine, but it's know. not even like that interest. I'm like, yeah. I'm also talking as someone without a single sibling, let alone an identical one. 
but um <laughs> i just so like i'm annoyed that they that. made the name ginger start with a j i think that's so irritating that's my only there were so gripe. many other names they could have gone with but and ginger's number six like it's not like they ran Wait, out of they names. had a whole yeah exactly i i always was annoyed by that but like one of them decided that they're going to do an alphabet theme one of them decided so it's like a b c d e f uh one of them okay. decided they were going to do an m theme letter the letter m um so like so i feel like o, i would like owen and oliver oliver right yeah which i don't even know if i meant to do an o theme i just liked both of those names separately and i was like oh if i had twins it'd be cool if i could name them both that and then i get a name theme incidentally the double o's yeah anyway i'm sorry i just keep interrupting you oh no i'm not stopping it from happening so okay it's all good uh okay i i would argue i'm probably complicit oh by the way i meant to add i think that i did not mean the word accessory earlier this is a lot of back and forth on a word from forever ago <laughs> i know but i just feel like people are gonna be like it's a true crime podcast and oh, you mean I... complicit the word complicit is that what you're saying no but then later i said oh i think we were trying to come up with the word accessory accessory and then I also realized I don't think that's correct either. So, Eva, please let me know. <laughs> Whatever the word is, that's For when what we you meant. know about a murder, but you don't tell anybody. When you have no. intel and now you're obligated to say something or else you are What's now part called? of the crime. Complicit, God, no? No. Um, no, maybe? I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. So... She lived in Quebec with her mother, Yvonne, her two younger sisters, Maureen and Doreen, the twins, of course, and her younger brothers, Jojo and Stephen. So the whole family was very close with Sharon. She was a very warm hearted older sister. Um, being the eldest, she took very good care of her younger siblings. She was extremely compassionate and wanted to be a veterinarian when she grew up. Precious. So sweet. And also something I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, she was recognized in elementary school for her academics. She worked, she was a, she was a STEM girly. She was really good at math Ooh. and science. Um, in fact, she actually enrolled in like accelerated biology programs to get a jump start on her vet school ambitions. Uh, so in high school, she was taking like advanced biology courses and she was also very active in the community she was part of the point saint charles boys and girls club when she was six and spent most of her free time there it was actually considered like her second home mm. and she was also very very reliable like i said she's a very very caring older sister um she would read to her little brothers every night and tell them stories uh she was very good around the house basically just the sweetest little angel that makes this story that much worse. Yep. Sounds like it. <sighs> so of course, now we get to the tragic part, which is that on the day before Easter in March, 1975, Sharon spent the morning at home with her younger siblings while her mom went shopping for Easter dinner groceries. And the twin sisters, Maureen and Doreen, of course felt they were too old to search for Easter eggs that year. Remember that, that year where you were like, this is like kitty stuff, you know? Same thing with trick-or-treating. Yeah, which makes me but sad. <laughs> I never had, I was shamed out of trick-or-treating. I never had me a too. moment where I was like, I think I'm too I old. I never felt too old for trick-or-treating. Me either. I, it, I, and one of the neighbors was like, oh, aren't you a little old? And I went, 
oh, well, I'm just going to go fucking jump into the river then. Thank right? you. Right? Like, I felt the same way. And people people were like, you're a high schooler. And I was like, but I love Halloween and candy. Also, like, I was <laughs> this height. If you've ever met me, I am tall. I was I was this height in fifth grade. I So people saw me trick-or-treating. They were like, aren't you a little old? And I was like, no, oh, I'm just a giant. Em. Leave me alone. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Give me my milk time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna but tell how it felt. Drive me to the hospital after this recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> And I was like, Fifth give grade. me my M&M's. That's so sad. That's the <laughs> thing ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> but also then, but with Easter, I, I also, I didn't really celebrate Easter a lot. So I think it was so, because I had such a love for Halloween, it hurt when I was too old yeah, for that. But with yeah, Easter, yeah. I was so removed from it that when by the time I like went to an Easter egg hunt, I think I looked around and I was like, I think maybe this is for younger kids. You were like stomping around the Easter <laughs> <laughs> Just a giant and his very fragile eggs just kind and of. And all the toddlers were like, ah <laughs> <laughs> I was just red uh with red rovering them, just like <laughs> knocking them down. <laughs> My tarantula legs to so give just, just one step across the yard at a time. Oh it's traumatizing. Oh god, I'm so sorry, everyone. I do want to remind. I know everyone's like, we know why because you took a weed gummy before you recorded. Um, I didn't. I know you didn't. Which is the only reason I'm like, this must actually be very funny because M's it also. Oh God! I don't want to say the sad parts. Well, <laughs> I'm having such a good time. That's our job, unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, we really did pick a weird career. It's like half the time I'm having so much fun, and the other half the time I just feel so uncomfortable and sad. Right? I'm like crying, laughing, and five minutes I'm going to be cry crying. There was one time uh, we did a show. We did a live show where um, I got the giggles right before the horrible part of our show. Like, remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was, was really bad. awkward. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I like I just had to make people watch me go go through the giggles <laughs> like, like, until because I was like I was like I can't laugh through the next part because we're about to say really awful things. You and you I just, just had couldn't to be stop like, laughing. Pivot and and just I don't know one eighty it. There was another time on stage where um, one of the worst things that could happen to you on stage. I uh, choked on my own spit in front of a thousand people. <laughs> it was <laughs> remember that? bad. So you bad. you couldn't. Like speak for like five straight minutes. Uh, yeah, we pulled it off. But I, in case you were wondering what a live show of ours is like, it's pretty not scripted. Even though we, we like claim can't it to control be, so. our bodily functions, apparently. Um, or <sighs> Ed can't. At least I can't. <sighs> okay, I'm so sorry about this. I just Maureen and Doreen are the light of my life, and when I hear that they're too old for an Easter egg hunt, I was just really sad about it. So. 
Were they were they too tall or were they too old or too tall? They were. Were they silent or silenced? You know. I, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know what? Uh, TBD. It's in the air. It's up in the air. Okay, so Maureen and Doreen, they're like, we're too old to search for Easter egg hunt or for Easter eggs this year. But the younger brothers, Jojo and Steven, were still all about it. They were very excited about an egg hunt. So Sharon decided she was going to dye and decorate uh, a couple dozen eggs to hide for the boys so they could have a happy Easter. She boiled some eggs and her mom came home around 3 p.m. while Sharon was painting them for her younger brothers, which is so sweet. And she and her mother spent a little while in the kitchen talking about how much they loved spring and the, quote, bubbly feeling it gave them to see the world come back to life with the warmer weather. No. And I know. And that would be the last uh, one of the last conversations she ever had with her mother. Oh. So at 4.30 p.m., The reverend from the family's church was visiting before dinner and Sharon was still painting eggs and asked her mom, um, oh, you know, I'm almost done with these eggs. But afterward, I would love to read the boys a book about the Easter bunny. Do we have any books around here about Easter? And the reverend who is visiting, he decides it's his turn to... uh, I don't know, throw his hat in the ring. And he goes, I have a great idea, Sharon. Why don't you instead tell your little brothers, instead of the Easter bunny, why don't you tell them all about Christ's resurrection? (laughs) Oh, my. This is not your place. She wants to read her brothers a book about the Easter bunny. And this guy's like, I know. Why don't you tell them about God? Okay. You know what? Shut up. So... (laughs) The reverend says, you should tell them about the resurrection story. My bet my bet is that he's like, that's real magic. Mm-hmm, you don't need an mm-hmm. Easter bunny, you know. So she says, okay, sure. I'll do that, reverend. I'll tell them all about Jesus and his bloody death on the cross. So after he left, the family sat down to eat. Uh, it was Sharon, her siblings, her grandma, her mom, and her mom's friend, Doug. And they had a good dinner. After dinner, Sharon's childhood best friend showed up to hang out for a bit while Sharon got ready to meet up with some other friends in town. The two girls went to different high schools, so they had separate friend groups, but they were still really close with each other. And Sharon agonized over what to wear that night her friends were teasing her because she kept changing outfits and couldn't decide and finally she settled on taking one of her mom's blouses and she wore that out but it was drizzling it was raining a little bit um and so she considered wearing something different but she was only walking five blocks so in the end she thought Mm -hmm. ah no this is fine i'm just gonna walk fast no big deal five blocks So she was going to Marina's Restaurant, which was a pizzeria and a popular spot for local teenagers to gather. And this is where Sharon spent a lot of her time with her friends from school. She was also planning on meeting her boyfriend there along with their friends. So her friend offered to walk Sharon to the restaurant, but Sharon was like, no, it's fine. It's only five blocks. And I, you know, she she went there all the time. Mm -hmm. So she said, no, thanks. It's fine. I'll walk myself. And just before 7 p.m., Sharon said one last goodbye to her mom, who said, goodbye, Sharon, be careful, which was the same thing Yvonne had always said to her daughter every time she left the house, and it had become a habit. 
So Sharon and her friend parted ways on the sidewalk outside the house, and Sharon headed off to Marina's restaurant by herself at 7.15 p.m. So Sharon at this point is 16 years old, and she, on Saturdays, is allowed to stay out till pretty late. So she's usually out till 11 or 1 a.m. And her mom was fine with that as long as she knew where she was, which I guess is fair. And Yvonne, her mother, described Sharon as a cautious girl, so she wasn't worried about her when she was out late, and said that Sharon went out of her way to avoid trouble and conflict with her peers, and she had never given her a reason to enforce a curfew, basically, because she either always came home on time or she always called if she was going to be late. Sure. So this night, of course, something is different. Uh, Sharon does not come home, nor does she call her mom. And, of course, it's immediately obvious that something is wrong. Uh, In fact, Sharon's family soon learned that she never even made it to Marina's restaurant. Shit, she never even made it five blocks? Oh, my God. Nope. Nope. She had somehow vanished along the five-minute walk between her house and the pizzeria. Five minutes, five Hmm. blocks. That's so scary. It's terrifying. And this is from her house. Like, it's somewhere she walks from her house at age 16. You know, there are a lot of times um, I have the thought, even when I am when I lived in Boston or when I lived in different areas of California, eventually when some area feels like your neighborhood, you really do get, like, a false sense of, like, oh, everything's totally. fine on these few streets because I see them all the time. Totally. And then I would have moments where I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, oh no, like something really bad could happen right now. Like it's, it's, it's just yeah, jarring. You kind of lose, you... you lose like your, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think even as the parent, like as um, Yvonne in the situation, I wouldn't probably think twice about letting my 16 year old, who's like very mature and responsible, walk five blocks, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, hell, I feel like I was wandering around much early, younger than that in much <laughs> yeah more chaotic directions than five blocks uh so yeah that's it's just a really scary thought how close how close to home it happened mm-hmm. and it wasn't even that late it was like seven thirty, like yeah. a busy saturday night okay so someone when they realized uh, that we're not 100% sure, but we assume it's her mother, realized she was not home and called the police to report Sharon missing. And at this point, authorities launched a search. There was no sign of Sharon on the route she was supposed to take to Marina's. And so police rallied volunteers and students from Sharon's high school. People came out in droves to look for Sharon. But unfortunately, two days went by with no leads and papers began picking the story up. Hmm. One headline, for example, read, Girl 16 Missing for Two Days. Uh, This was kind of just a story that was catching on in neighboring towns as well. Yvonne told the media that she knew something was terribly wrong. But of course, you know, now with the media attention, people are giving their hot takes and saying things like, oh, she must have run away. Uh, You know, because that's just what people assume about teenagers. But Yvonne went on air and said, absolutely not. She would never have run away. She left her bus pass, first of all, and all her money behind. And also speaking to her friends, her friends had never 
heard Sharon say anything about running away. And also she was just a genuinely very happy and well-adjusted girl and loved her family. So it didn't make any sense. Right. Descriptions of Sharon were published, uh, encouraging readers to report any sightings. And yet another day passed with no sign of Sharon. Then on the fourth day since she had disappeared, a local beekeeper was out in a field uh, and made a tragic discovery when he noticed the fence gate was open and went in to investigate. Hmm. Behind the fence, he found Sharon deceased. And when authorities arrived, the medical examiner estimated that she had been dead for about 20 hours. Oh, man. Yeah. There's something about it within a 24-hour time frame. It's like it was so so close she could have... It's horrible. It's horrible because that also means she was alive for several days. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's been missing for four. Right. So investigators theorized she must have been held somewhere for several days before she was killed and abandoned in the field. They found a branch clutched in her hand. um, And when they took a look at her body and at the environment they determined that she was still alive when she had been brought to the field oh my god yeah it's it's incredibly dark and i'm i'm just so sorry um there was some tape dangling from sharon's hair that she had chewed which was evidence that she had been probably gagged yeah It was also evident from a glance that she had been beaten really badly um, and an autopsy revealed that she had been raped before suffering multiple skull fractures. Her jaw and cheek were also fractured. Her nose was broken. And uh, I'm about to tell you how she ultimately passed away. Uh, She died of asphyxiation when the killer crushed her chest, likely with (gasps) his knee. Yeah. Oh, my God. And this was all in that field where he then just left her. So do we think he planned to kill her or was it a, a, quote, accident? No, no. He he intentionally killed her. Oh, my God. uh, By crushing her, crushing her chest. Um, Oh, my God. So when this kind of last blow occurred her lungs hemorrhaged and filled with blood and that's how she ultimately officially passed away so of course this is the most brutal horrifying thing for anyone in in town to imagine happening uh at all let alone in their town so close to their homes and they thought who the hell in our community could be so heinous and could be capable of something like this. So of course authorities, this is number one priority, but they didn't really have much to go on. When they looked around, they found a single tire track in the snow near Sharon's body. They found one footprint. Um, There was no snow or mud on Sharon's shoes, which meant she had probably been carried uh, and placed Mm -hmm. there. So she could have been like asleep or drugged or something or just just held to probably just that she had been, you know, held and tortured yeah. for several days or yeah, I imagine she was probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Taken uh, care of or 
right yeah 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 in a place where she could hold her own yeah so there was also a trail of blood leading to Sharon's body, um, which made it appear as though she had been beaten in the vehicle before being dropped in the field. Mm. They also found her jeans on the ground a few feet away from her. Uh, her underwear was hanging on a tree branch, which feels just extra, like, sicko, I don't know, Yeah, leaving some sort of weird message. A men's shirt probably used to restrain Sharon was also dumped at the scene and its size suggested that the suspect was roughly six feet tall and the single footprint belonged to a size eight and a half men's shoe. And the footprint itself was pretty deep, which Mm -hmm. was another detail that led investigators to believe that this was a larger person. There was a theory that there were two men involved in the killing, um, but people weren't entirely agreed on that. The padlock on the gate had not been tampered with. It was unclear whether the gate was simply left unlocked or maybe if the killer had keys to the gate, which would have like narrowed down obviously a suspect pool. And nobody in town, not one single person, came forward with information. So they, that was basically the entirety of clues or information they had to go on. Mm hmm. So investigators believed somebody had to know something, as the saying goes, because Sharon had been abducted off a residential street, like right down the street from her house. Yeah. On Saturday evening over Easter weekend, when all these people were home with their families and were out and about, but not a single person came forward. And so people or police were very, very, I don't know just perplexed by this so they questioned 38 people uh but they got no closer to a single lead and we don't really understand why but sharon's boyfriend was either never a suspect or he was ruled out really quickly um but there's no ev- evidence that he was actually investigated mm-hmm. for the i wonder murder. if for I mean, like easter break he was like he was at his grandma's or something like there yeah was a- well remember she was supposed to meet him that night so i wonder oh, if right like he might have already been out with his friends you Maybe know, just and enough people like, were like, I saw him at the like pizza we place were together. Already. Yeah, he mm-hmm. couldn't have grabbed her. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like it would yeah, probably be it, easy to rule him out. It sounds like it must have been someone she knew. If no one witnessed a struggle or if they did see her with someone, it was someone she knew. So they never clocked it or something. And that's the that's... wildest part is they basically interviewed anyone they could think of who would know her, would be in the area, and they got nowhere closer to an answer very very perplexing so soon a troubling report came out about an attack that happened the same night sharon disappeared perhaps just minutes earlier Mm. okay 23 what i said oh okay oh i (laughs) I thought you said hey and i was like no 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 i was like oh we're onto something 23-year-old Cheryl Roy was walking to the pharmacy to pick up diapers for her infant daughter when she passed a man she described as pretty normal-looking, didn't ring any alarm bells or raise any red flags, and after they'd passed one another, she kind of was just going about her business, and she suddenly heard hurried footsteps getting louder and coming toward her, and she turned just in time to see that same quote-unquote normal man barreling toward her oh shit he shoved her against the wall of a building 
and put a knife to her neck. And Cheryl, realizing this man was not going to let her go, began to fight back. Uh, She actually got her hand and neck both cut in the struggle. And at this point, out of her mind, terrified, Cheryl told him to take her purse. But he told her, goose cam, he told her, I don't want your purse. I want you. I love you. (gasps) Oh, no. So we've got a stalker situation, maybe? I guess so. I mean, she definitely didn't know who he was. So he shoved Cheryl to the ground and dragged her by her hair toward an empty lot. He told her in what she described as a low, calm voice. And I say that because that makes this just that much creepier. In a low, calm voice, he dragged her by her hair into an empty lot and said, You're dead. You're not getting away from me. When I get through with you, I'll cut you to pieces. (gasps) Oh my god. What the fuck? It's just horrifying. So Cheryl fought and fought. The man at one point dropped his knife in the struggle and Cheryl was able to kick it away and she screamed through the entire attack which lasted an excruciating six minutes she screamed bloody murder until a group of local boys rushed to the scene and Cheryl recognized one of the boys and called out to him specifically and at this the attacker jumped away from Cheryl and ran off cutting through a lane that just so happened to be on Sharon's walking route to the pizzeria oh my god okay and the time of that attack was 7 p.m yep and she parted ways with her friend at 7 15 it's horrifying i mean it's almost like talk about butterfly effect like the things that had to align for that intersection to happen just like that and imagine like the share share role imagine cheryl's like guilt like survivor's guilt of like because i survived oh, yeah. another person got like right which, like, it's not fought her fault off. but it's no it's... not at all and it's hard because you want to be like of course like cheryl kicked ass and like fought hard and whatever yeah. but that's not to say you know sharon well, i would have frozen so it... right and yeah. like who knows maybe i mean she may have fought for life but maybe she just wasn't as lucky maybe i don't know yeah it's horrifying. Oh, my God. So that was basically, obviously, a humongous break in the case. At least it was, uh, it would have been. Um, oh, what? We'll get there. Okay. Christine. <laughs> well, remember when I said it was a formerly cold case? Uh-huh. Yeah. It hasn't gotten cold yet, but. We'll get there. So it hasn't even gotten warm again. No, hasn't even gotten cold for the first time yet. Jesus, oh my God. Okay, okay. So now they're thinking, okay, maybe Sharon's killer went after her right after going for Cheryl and failing that abduction. So Cheryl did say that her attacker was about four inches taller than her, which would be about six foot one. So that would have matched uh, around 29 years old and white with blue eyes and a mustache. And he spoke English without a French accent, which is notable because we are in Montreal. Mm-hmm. She also noted he did not smell like alcohol, which I thought was 
interesting i don't know maybe it was her way of being like he wasn't it's not like he was drunk and he just oh sure yeah that's fair that's fair after the attack cheryl actually lost her voice for two whole days she couldn't speak because she had screamed so much (sighs) but days went by and then months with even though this huge break in the case or so they thought had happened uh there was no news on sharon's killer or cheryl's attacker and the case went cold and then Years passed, decades passed, and we arrive in 2004. So this is 29 years after the murder. Somebody calls in a tip to the police about a garage behind an apartment building in Sharon's neighborhood. And although the details of the tip are vague, police reopened the case and were reportedly searching the garage for DNA or maybe any other evidence that Sharon had been held inside this garage. Oh, shit. Okay. Why did so wait? Why did someone call in a tip? So someone basically just called in a tip and said, like, regarding the Sharon Pryor case, you should look into that garage. Weird. That feels like there's context to that it's that I'm not getting. Very weird. Yes. Okay. Like, like, uh, like that in my mind, it feels like someone just moved in, happened to know that case, and then was like, "Here's my garage. Do you want to play around in there and see what you find?" It, it feels like there's <laughs> got to be some play around in there i'm like is, I, like was there a note or something i don't know it's, i don't know and i i wonder i wonder if they're just not releasing the information like maybe there is a more specific tip like maybe somebody called in and said like oh my grandpa used to live in that house and he just died and he was super creepy check out his garage i don't know yeah Um, yeah like maybe canada canadian laws they're just not releasing the specific tip i have no idea sure but that that makes sense like maybe you heard something creepy happen there so maybe just like yeah maybe you just had you heard some story or who knows but yeah it said it was a very vague tip um and or at least we have very vague details about what the tip said but apparently it was enough to get them to reopen the case and go and search the garage So Yvonne, who was still alive, this was Sharon's mother, told reporters that she had waited 29 years for a break in the case and that she had never lost hope. She wanted to look her daughter's killer in the eyes and demand answers. But unfortunately, despite everyone's kind of excitement about this, the search of the garage yielded no new evidence. But the case stayed open now. So now that they had opened it, at least, you know, they could continue investigating it and they offered a ten thousand dollar reward for information so in 2012 yvonne told reporters i was 37 years old when this happened to my daughter you can count i'm 74 now i can't believe that i'm still waiting for this to be solved oh that's awful so twice her life i was gonna say that's like twice her life yeah horrifying Police pursued over 100 suspects. They were all dead ends, and it just seemed less and less likely that Yvonne would ever get the answers she so desperately needed. But um, do we know what solved this case, what finally cracked it wide open? Staples in the butt. (laughs) What? I don't know. What? What? That would be a really good Mad Libs answer next time you play Mad Libs. Staples Um, in the butt. Was it... Um, I don't know. Did some? Did, was did a witness finally come forward? What 
genetic genealogy. Oh, of course. Yes. Genetic okay. gene. Sorry. I'd like genetic genealogy. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Just like Golden State Killer advances in DNA were able to finally get a break going in this case. Investigators were able to use samples taken from the men's shirt that had been used to bind Sharon and some DNA also from her own clothes that she had been wearing. And they were able to search through ancestry databases and they found potential matches in the Romine family of West Virginia. So police started digging through criminal records and eventually honed in on a man named Franklin Maywood Romine. And Franklin, who had been born in 1946, of course, had a long history of violence and had escaped West Virginia Penitentiary in 1967. He had then bounced back and forth between Canada and West Virginia to avoid capture by police. And in 1974, he broke into a house and raped a woman in Parkersburg, West Virginia. And he was arrested and imprisoned for that, but was released on bond. And he fled once again to Canada, where he lived for a while, right near Sharon Pryor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So several months after Sharon was killed, Franklin was arrested in Canada and extradited to West Virginia, where he was sentenced to five to ten years for the previous rape that he had been uh, arrested for. He was released and then died in Canada in 1982 under vague circumstances. So. We kind of don't know what the hell happened, but he died in 1982. His family buried him in Putnam County, West Virginia. And of course, his history made him a major person of interest. And it turned out that his car matched the tire track, that one single tire track found near Sharon's body. Wow. Okay. So solved? Almost. So his appearance at the time also matched Cheryl's description of her attacker And Franklin's two brothers volunteered their own DNA samples, and according to court documents, the results showed that it is, quote, 140 million times more likely to come from the brother of Noah and Michael Romine than any other random person in the Caucasian population. Holy shit. Okay. So, yes, to answer your question, fucking solved. Wow. Although they believed their brother was guilty, both men had hoped their own DNA was enough to confirm Franklin's crime. Um, He apparently, Franklin had once attempted to rape one of his brother's wives. Oh, my God. And after that happened, understandably, the family kind of cut ties with him. Uh Uh-huh. Quite quite understandable. But they did not want, uh, despite this you know, cutting him out of the family, he was still buried right near their mother. And so they did not want his body to be exhumed because doing so Uh would probably disturb her grave. Gotcha. And so they were very uh, adamant that they did not want his body to be exhumed. But investigators kind of had that overridden and Mm -hmm. they promised to protect the other grave in the process. And, if they did damage it, they promised to restore it completely. I, th- I don't think that ever became an issue, but okay. fun fact. What's well, nice of them to <laughs> offer, I guess? I-, I thought so, too. I was like, that's that's fair point. Yeah. Advances in DNA science allowed specialists to retrieve a viable sample from Franklin's bones, which is just crazy. 
And it was a match. They had found Sharon's killer. So this was the news the Priors had been waiting for for nearly 48 years. Oh, my God. Such a long time. And Yvonne Fine. I was going to say, did her mom at least get to hear about this? Yes, she was alive. I'm so happy to tell you she was alive. Because back in 2004, she was so enthusiastic that, like, this could be the answer, you know, and then... After that, it looked like nothing would ever happen. So she did get the answers she had been waiting for. Um, She finally knew who had killed her daughter nearly half a century earlier. And thankfully, the family had never given up hope. They had been running a blog and website in Sharon's name um, where they would post updates and write about her. A scholarship has since been founded in Sharon's memory. And one of Sharon's sisters addressed Sharon while speaking with interviewers saying, You may never have come back to our house on Congregation Street that weekend, but you have never left our hearts and you never will. We love Mm. you, Sharon. May you now truly rest in peace. Wow. And that's the no longer cold case of Sharon Pryor. I guess that's all you can ask for after literally 50 years. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it, it gives hope though, you know, that these advances in technology might keep coming yeah 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 Ooh, well good storytelling christine bad Thank story you. good same storytelling to, same to you <laughs> <laughs> uh how are you feeling what's the update on your everything i mean i'm definitely feeling um pretty chill now with the with the, the weed delta nine gummy okay that, <laughs> that actually good. really does it really does work my joints don't hurt anymore oh you poor thing it's like having a podcast with my grandma just <laughs> <laughs> you've always said that about me yeah um okay well i'm glad you're feeling good are you are you up for an after hours oh absolutely let's go party yeah if you guys want to join us for our after hours chat which is usually well, actually, it's kind of chaotic, but it's meant to be true crime paranormal updates. Sometimes it, it goes it a little off the rails. It ends up being just general updates, personal updates. Sometimes true crime themes, sometimes paranormal themes, sometimes just us hanging out. Sometimes we take part, we, a lot of times we take personality quizzes or we like guess each other's like we play like newlywed style games or we tell or secrets. We we tell secrets. That's true. We read M's kids club. Uh, <laughs> kids Ugh, club rules. My- by uh, the admissions, the manifesto the admissions is what I called yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> or well, we played your we'll... uh, your Jeopardy game last one one of those times too. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, if you it's a good time. Come join on us. our bullshit. Yeah, you are more than welcome to. And um, I guess come see us on tour. We're halfway through our tour, so if you want a chance at seeing uh, on the rocks before we have a whole new show, you've got about. 10 shows left clocks ticking and that's why we drink <laughs>